worse than stubbing your toe, especially if it's the little one, right? You know, the one that went wee, wee, wee all the way home. Is that, is that the right one? Think about how that felt the last time you stubbed your toe. Our toes live a a really protected life most of the time, but they become dangerously vulnerable uh, when we get up in the middle of the night. I mean, nature calls, or the dog has to go outside, or your stomach growls for a midnight snack. You crawl out of bed, disoriented by the dark. And by the way, we were rather disoriented here this morning as uh, the lights decided to go out in the whole building, if not maybe the whole block, uh, about 9 o'clock. And so we were stumbling around in the dark trying to figure out how we were going to do children's Sunday school and uh, how to do church in the darkness. And so um, we started lighting candles and this whole area up here was looked like we were uh, getting ready to have uh, a seance or something. Actually, I don't think we'd have one of those, but uh, something Christian-oriented with lots of candles in here, and we adjusted and we made our way around, but it was definitely disorienting. Uh, But if this happens to you in the middle of the night, you're disoriented by the dark and you end up walking like a zombie through the house. And then the inevitable happens. You walk right into an end table that you seem to have forgotten was right there in the hallway. Or maybe someone moved in your way, ending up jamming your toe and inflicting that kind of intense pain and suffering that results in a special expression of words that you could only utter in the darkness. Things happen in the dark. And you swear that you'll never walk around without the light on again. John wrote about darkness in this first chapter of his gospel. This chapter that we have heard, that we have read here this morning uh, from, from John as he was writing about the light. And he begins by talking about the Word. This Word, this presence, this wisdom of God that has existed for all time. And he talks about this Word entering into the world. John described it only in contrast to the light. The light that was shining in the midst of darkness. And there was darkness and there was light. Sounds a little bit like Genesis, doesn't it? In the beginning... And that's how John begins his gospel, really picking up on that same idea. In the beginning, and in the beginning was God. But there was darkness, there was light, and the darkness hadn't overcome the light, ever. Yet there were people still living in darkness, even after seeing the light and seeing that the light existed. They still lived in darkness. And as John noted, God's true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, yet the world did not know Him. He came to that which was His own, and His own people did not accept Him. John is not necessarily picking on his fellow uh, Jews But he is really talking about everyone who encountered this light. That people were walking away from it. 
There were people walking into it as well. The light was there, yet many continued to walk and to stumble in the darkness. And things haven't changed much these days, have they? Not since John's day. We still are a world with darkness, with plenty of it still uh, all around us, wherever we happen to be, whether it's at work or whether it's at school or whether it's in our neighborhoods. We experience the reality of darkness, and sometimes we just don't know what to do about it. It's in the dark that we give in to our cravings, don't we? We fool ourselves into thinking that we don't need the light. We can make it on our own. We can get to where we need to go. And we forget the way things are. And we run into things that hurt us and cause us to suffer needlessly. And it doesn't take but a few stubbed toes to convince us that we really do need the light. The good news, as we've heard it in John's Gospel today, is that the light that we need is here for us. And it is certainly accessible to us. I'm glad we had some candles uh, to be able to light in here today. That was the first thing we started to think about is what do we have candle-wise, and and we have some battery-operated ones as well, Uh, but what can we do to be able to light up this room? And we had accessible light. And the same thing is true for us in this world, that we have a light that is shining brightly for our enlightenment. And that's the way that the word is translated here in the New Revised Standard Version. Enlightenment. And oftentimes we think about Eastern religions, or we we think about enlightenment in a uh, a rational kind of way, or a way that speaks of, of being rational and coming to terms with a particular truth. But the word that is used here means so much more than that. It is coming to a complete understanding of of what we can comprehend in this world about God. And we see this light when we see Jesus. That was John's point. It was right there for Mary, for Joseph, and for the shepherds. And the others that would come to see this light in the lonesome darkness of a barn. This little light of theirs shone brightly for them, dispelling their darkness, warming their hearts, filling their souls, and fulfilling their hopes. Remember all those hopes that Mary had? She had hopes about the downtrodden. She had hopes about the oppressed. She had hopes for justice in the world. She had hopes for salvation, for reconciliation. And she found her hopes fulfilled in this Christ child. And this is what the angels had been talking and had been singing about all this time. This was revelation. This was epiphany for them that God was real, that God was close, that God was love, and that God had dramatically entered into their world. Not just the world of the rich or the world of the super religious. God had entered into their dirty, poverty-stricken existence. This next week, in fact, January the 6th, is Epiphany. 
And as we read the scripture about the uh, Magi and the others who followed the light and who heard from God, God broke into the midst of their existence and their circumstances and spoke to them about the world. The same thing happens for us as well. As we think about Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, we recognize that their lives would never, ever be the same. And the same thing is true for us today. The light would quickly do the same for other people around them, shining through and beyond the walls of that barn, out to a world that was indeed stumbling in the darkness. And there it remained, still shining with more than enough lumens for the world to see. Do we see it, though? Have you seen the light this past Christmas season? We've had all kinds of lights around us. Maybe in your neighborhood there are people who've had bright lights. Maybe the whole yard is filled with uh, lights that keep you up at night and uh, lights that will probably still remain up until, you know, six or seven months throughout the year. But we see those lights and they cheer us up. They encourage us. They remind us that it is a season of light, even as the outside is getting darker and darker in the winter season. Light has entered the world. But have we seen it? And will you see it as you begin 2015? I wonder for this past year if it was a a year of darkness for you. Maybe there were things that happened in your life that really didn't shine much light for you. In fact, some things that may have led you a little more uh, deeply into a life of darkness. I'm wondering if John wouldn't conclude the same thing about us in our world today. That the light appeared to us, but we didn't recognize it. I mean, is that what he would say if he were to walk into these doors today and he were to talk to us and get a sense of who we are and what we're about? Would he discover? Yes, the light was shining all around us. In fact, we lit candles and we talked about it, but we still didn't recognize it. We didn't know this light. Our love for the darkness and our willingness to continue hurting ourselves in it would indicate that we are still living as people of the dark. And maybe we just don't get what God is saying to us and what God is showing us in the light. As N.T. Wright puts it, Christmas is not about the living God coming to tell us everything is all right. John's Gospel isn't about Jesus speaking the truth and then everyone saying, of course, Why didn't we ever realize it before? It is about God shining His clear, bright torch into the darkness of our world and our lives, our hearts, our imaginations. And the darkness not comprehending it. It's about God. God as a little child speaking words of truth and nobody knowing what He's talking about. Maybe we just aren't willing to go deeper into the light of Jesus. It is hard for us to miss, yet we so easily do, don't we? 
There's so many other things to do. Goals to accomplish, needs to meet, places to be. That we neglect our time in the light. I don't know about you, but I get SAD. And I think it's, uh, I forgot the name, the acronym, S-A-D. But it's that feeling of depression and darkness you get when you haven't seen the sunlight in a while. In fact, just seeing the light reflect off the... I knew Bill would get it. Seasonal Affective Disorder. And you probably get that as well if you don't see the sunlight after days and days. And we need light, even if it's artificial light, to brighten our mood and to lift us up. Because our eyes begin to adjust to the nothingness of the dark. Neglecting the light that we just can't live without. If we are willing to move into the light, our lives and our world will be illuminated by God's eternal presence. They will be enlightened by God's appearance to us in Jesus Christ, this light who has come to us as the true nature of God, all right there in Jesus Christ. This light who has expressed to us the love of God, who came and lived a while among us. And as Kyle mentioned in the the message translation, it talks about God coming and living in our neighborhood, who moved into our neighborhood and stayed a while among us. Other translators talk about a tent, pointing back to the time when God would tabernacle among His people and that they could know that God's presence was with them as they would either see the fire or they would see the smoke that was coming up above the tent. John is saying to us that God came to us as light. Light shining in this child, Jesus Christ. But this also is a light that abides with us still. It wasn't just that Jesus came and lived with us for a while as a historical person. Certainly He did. But He continues to live with us. And that is the good news that we have. It is this light of Jesus that keeps us from spiritual toe stubs. Jesus not only dispels our darkness, He reveals to us God's grace and truth. Look again there in your your Bible and you will see uh, John's introduction of this grace. Jesus enlightens us to the reality of what John referred to so beautifully as grace upon grace. It wasn't just enough for John to say grace, but this is grace upon grace. It is heaping amounts of grace upon us to the point that we could never exhaust it. He clarifies for us what we find uh, in, in our God, that we find our true God, our true selves, and our true way in life, not in religious rules and not in some kind of sinless perfection because we could never live up to those. And if you are trying to do that, you are just getting frustrated, right? Because you're not perfect, none of us are. But He enlightens us that we are no longer people of the dark. We are now children of the light. We are children of God, whom John says have been empowered by our reception of the light. 
We no longer have to be limited to the insecurity of the darkness. Are you still a little scared of the dark? You can admit it. Go ahead. We all are a little scared of the dark. We're not sure what's out there and what might get us and all of the fears and the things that we worry about somehow become real to us as we hear sounds in the darkness and as we begin to imagine things. And sometimes those things are real. But we don't have to be insecure any longer in the darkness. We need not grasp at the uncertainty of what lies ahead of us. Even as we think about 2015, not having any idea what is going to be ahead of us, we don't have to worry about it. We just have to know that God will be walking with us, that God's presence, God's living among us will continue as we go into 2015. It is a light that is ahead of us, giving us a path to walk, if we will take that path. We no longer need to feel alone or lost. The light has come. Let us pray.